<laughs> Guys, welcome to Fitness Business Secrets. I've got a superstar of the fitness industry, my friend Jenna. She's so amazing. I've had some of the best conversations with her um, when we've like been out connecting. I wish they were podcasts, but we're here today. Um, Jenna, welcome to um, Fitness Business Secrets. Thank you so much for jumping on. Do you want to kind of give the guys like a little bit of an introduction um, to yourself and your journey in the fitness industry so far? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And we definitely do. Every time we have a conversation, Jimmy, I'm like, wow, like why was that not recorded? And here we are. I know. I always say um, to Jess, I was like, Jenna's like me, but like female version. I'm like, yeah. like the best. <laughs> she says that too. She says that too. She always says it. Um, okay. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jenna Davies. I was formerly known on Instagram as Jenna Ann, and then I changed it. <laughs> um, my background in fitness really stems, I guess, what I feel is like any other. I had a corporate job. I studied commerce. I was working full-time. Um, went through my own health and fitness transformation and decided to get qualified after I um, finished at uni. So I started studying. I was working in corporate uh, sales. I had a I had a job for a global facility services company. So that's really how I started my corporate career. Um, once I got once I graduated, I was selling pest control and hygiene services. So if you guys work I- in a gym, I don't know if you know like Alsco or Fresh and Clean and Flick Pest Control. I couldn't yeah. imagine that. I think yeah. you'd be good at sales. You like you go gift to the gab. I love sales. It's like <laughs> definitely my strong point. But I think um I I was sort of I was actually really good at it. I did top the country in 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 one month. And I was walking into a warehouse one day and the guy goes, when's the guy coming who knows what he's talking about? Because I was counting up all the rodent stations that they needed. And I knew that I was in the wrong place, but I was sort of thriving Mm. and growing and had my health and fitness sort of transformation, got qualified, started working in pharmaceuticals. And I became the brand manager of a brand called Bioglan. I worked on superfoods, which is in pharmacy only. And we made weight loss shakes and, um, health drinks and protein powders and things like that. So long story short, I started creating ebooks, PDFs to go with the weight loss shakes to help people get off them. And yep. at, the, at the same time, I really started getting serious about my training. Like I taught myself how to train with weights. Um, I was sort of using like T-Nation and bodybuilding.com and um, I love Tea Nation. It's boss. Yeah, that, that was so good back in the day. Yeah. The programs and the, the meal plans, my God, they were so hectic. But um, I I was just, I was good at training. I was never really sporty and I just really found my passion with it. So I started competing and alongside that, moving up the, the ranks, I guess, professionally as well. Um, got into the fitness industry, working with an RTO, digitizing their courses and seminars to sell online courses and met some really cool people that I got to work with and then started Jenna Davies marketing and launched the fitness business strategy because I'd just sort of reached my capacity in in the advisory space for one-on-one coaches and here we are. Here we are. I can't believe that guy said it too, but I guess it's like probably the pest control thing. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm so kind of like, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm so happy you said it because now you're a fucking beast in the fitness industry. Who knows? Like if he was super friendly and shit, we mightn't be here today. So it's kind of like yeah. a negative turns to a positive, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Like that guy is probably still there pushing paper at a desk, which is exactly what <laughs> I do now. But I do it, yeah. I do it for myself and I do it with so much reward and so much passion. 
Yeah, and Jen, you've worked um, with some like amazing like fitness brands and got some incredible results. You want to kind of share with the guys, you know, some of the cool things you've achieved with some people you've worked with. Yeah, definitely. So it started when, well, I guess the first app I built or, or, or helped build, I would say, was for a fitness influencer. She was from the United States or she was in in Australia, but had a huge USA following, which was really cool because um, she took me around the States, you know, running fitness expos and events. And How cool. That was amazing. It was such an experience. But I think going through what I was going through with launching these uh, science-based, evidence-based coaching courses, I learned a lot and I was being coached by Mark Carroll at the time and working with Lane Norton and I just had a value clash with her in terms of the way that she was selling. Like obviously, not obviously as an influencer, there's influencers out there who are super smart, but um, it just it led me to move on from her and I started working with Mark Carroll. So um, for those of you who don't know, he used to be a face-to-face trainer. Not that long ago, I worked with him. Four years ago, he was coaching people, or four, five now, in the gym. Um, we launched his first guidebooks and really his business just took off from there. So, it's, yeah. His growth was like not, you don't see it much in the fitness industry. It just went kaboom. I've crazy. never seen it. Like the, <laughs> the, the market penetration rate that he has and has always had, like, I think when he launched the Art of Gem Pop transformations, he had 50,000 followers and we came in on the Monday. That was before I think he even had the data on his phone and there was like a thousand units sold. It was, it was, it was crazy. And, and the market just ate it up. I think he had a really, you know, different sort of brand and persona about him than anyone else in the space. And so we spent a long time together um, and alongside working with him, I started consulting to other people like Jake Campus Nutrition, International Fitness Academy, um, which which led me to build the fitness business strategy and sort of pull away from Mark and now co-found yep. Big Appetite. So it's been I've I've been really fortunate to sort of work with like everyone I've wanted to work with, I guess, and and even having the friendship network that we do and having these chats and um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool space to be in. Yeah, I think, um, and like obviously having friends in the industry helps, but like with their business, people don't fuck around. So for them to put their trust in you, like with their branding, with their marketing and and things like that, you're at the, like the highest level Um, with so yeah. many people in the industry. It just fucking it fires me up. You're a beast. Yeah. But I want to talk about branding. And I was I was saying before, Jen and I were having a chat. This is something I, I believe I'm super strong at. So I'm so excited to kind of learn, you know, off you a little bit here today, I guess, how would you kind of define your approach um, to branding, you know, for fitness business owners and things like that? It's a great question. I would say in the most simplest of terms, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. It's your reputation. I love it. Yeah. I call that the pub test. So like, what do people say about Jimmy? What does Jenna say about Jimmy? And she's at the pub and I'm not there. After how many drinks? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, gets yeah. worse and worse the more drinks you have. <laughs> or, or better. Or better. No, exactly. So that's sort of how I I, I, I love that. explain branding. Okay. And I think what I what is really common in the fitness industry is you'll see like Jenna Davies PT, JD PT. And when we work with our clients at Big Appetite, the first question I always ask is like, what's your vision for the business? Because you've built a brand based off your personal self, which can only go so far and so wide. Obviously, Coach Mike Carroll is a bit of an exception to the rule. As you grow with the masses, you can definitely facilitate demand and 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 leverage that kind of audience to make revenue off it. But 
your brand really needs to be easily understood, right? So if you look at great brands of our time, like their logos usually in some way uh, they have evolved, but they also clearly sort of symbolize what it is they do or what their values and methods are and, and they appeal to their target audience. So you as a brand, it's basically what do people say about you when you're not around and is that the kind of friend that you want your ideal client to have, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love how you keep it so simple. I try. Um, like obviously I'm noticing now there's a hu- obviously a huge rise of um fitness business coaches online and we're the, de- we're so the devil man there's yeah, so many of us there's, <laughs> there's so much jargon but it's like a calorie mm-hmm. deficit versus are you going to explain thermic effective feeding and the thermogenesis whatever the fuck you know happens with with the principles and tactics right so the principle really is is of, of business and branding is human behavior principles it's been it's appealing to your ideal market right yeah. And you mentioned um, a while back that you start with vision. Um, and how do you, does, does vision align with the brand? Why do you, why do you kind of start there um, with people? Because it's very interesting. Why do you work so hard, Jimmy? Personally. Because I want to provide for my family. Exactly. And, you know, whenever I get on a session with a client or a potential client, I always ask them, why are you really here and it's like if you have a client who wants to lose weight right and i say i want to lose five kilos week nine comes around the weekends get more and more tempting that five kilos goes out the fucking window but if i'm like shredding for my wedding so that i can feel so confident walking down the aisle in front of all my friends and family that is so much more powerful so vision is so important because this is your primary aim in life this is your moral compass and when you work so hard and have a business and you're slaving away and doing things that you don't like doing and things are hard you need to come back to realizing that your business is your vessel for your purpose in life so if you want to travel the world and live an adventurous life and be free from societal norms then we need to build a business that's going to set you free accordingly but on the flip side if you want to have a community and run large events and educate. It's a very different business model, but of course, the stepping stones that, that we take to get you there will will may look similar up until a certain point in time. So, your vision is super important because people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. And there is often a disjoint, or it's it's disjointed if you're sitting at home thinking, "I really want to educate people," but then you're selling honed legs in 45 minutes you know what i mean it's kind of like if you're you're doing then you you've got to have a a synergy in life to feel this is my personal belief i guess but to feel happy things have to be aligned you know and that's why i think if you're a founder it's your vision and creating your ideal life as as a human your purpose that will drive the business that's going, going to bring you fulfillment and reward i love it that's like so powerful. Um, and so like at the start, so they do, you kind of do your vision, what you want in life and stuff, and then you can start to work on how the branding fits into it. Is that kind yeah. of like one, one of the processes? Well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously if your vision is, let's just say to travel the world, I'm not going to come up with airy fairy PT. Um, it's, <laughs> it's more or less like who, what, what makes you tick? Who do you like working with? And, and what are you most passionate about? Again, if you love coaching people who want to get really strong and you love writing programs like a power lifter, but you keep getting girls who are too scared to lift, you're going to feel frustrated. So we really like to work out what it is that 
you ultimately desire for you and your business. Because then when you are branding, you need to think, okay, well, who is this for? Because yeah. before you have to work out who am I for before you sort of go down the design look and feel and, and branding path. Yeah. And like outside of reaching out to you, what's your company called again? Because you help people with Big this appetite. stuff, right? Trying to give yeah. yourself a shout out. I love yeah. the name. How'd you get the Big name? Big appetite. appetite. So appetite. I'm full credit to Jade for this one. Like Jade's cool. Hey, I met her at your party. She's not. I only met her for two minutes, but she's really nice. Yeah, no, she is cool. So we were like sort of bouncing ideas off each other. We wanted something really unique, like Google, Bing, and Uber. Well, Bing actually is a sound, I guess, on a matter PR. But anyway, um, we wanted to come up with something really unique that wasn't a word, something that nobody could copy or or had didn't have to be explained, but was understood. And I was really thinking like up, upward trajectory, growth and, and hunger for growth. And for some reason, I was thinking about food. <laughs> and we came up with big appetite because I was like hungry for growth. And that's sort of became our tagline. So upward trajectory. It's cool. Yeah, big appetite, obviously having a strong appetite for success and growth. And um, and it was really just on from there. And. So apart from kind of reaching out to you guys, getting it all sorted, if the guys kind of wanted to put a couple of steps in place to work on their, you know, branding themselves, what what kind of advice would you like to to give the give the crew? First, I would just go inward, like for a hot minute, sit by yourself and think, am I happy with where my business is going? Is it a true representation of my core values? And if you don't know what they are, revisit them. I have a, a download I can give you for the for the Facebook group, but you want to know essentially like it's an exercise that I always sort of revert back to, but what are your five core values and and who are you? And then really like who are you who are you really loving working with and who's your ideal client? Because you want to really um, solidify your persona in the market so that you know you can then audit your brand and say, am I is my content reflecting these values? Do I look like what I say I want to be like? And from there, you can start to sort of taper um, and tailor your strategy. And then, of course, you can then look into the look and feel of it. But I feel that as a brand online, marketers and agencies and, and brand marketers can make it really complicated. Like, yes, you can develop a style guide and a color palette and we'll, we obviously do all that for you. But you also just need to know, am I posting and speaking in alignment with my values in a way that resonates with my ideal target audience? So I would just start with an audit, look back and see, does the brand really represent you and and does it appeal to your target audience? And then start. it's all about like your messaging and positioning to really build that consistency as well. Yeah, and I, I always say to the, to the guys that I, I chat to is, like on on social media is um I've seen this big trend of people just doing posts that are clearly from Chat GPT. We're chatting earlier that you're like pretty good at copywriting, so you don't use it a ton, obviously. But I was like, don't post something on social media that you wouldn't put five hundred dollars behind in ads um yeah. to spend it. Not that you do that on every post, right? And I'm sure some people do, but it just runs you through a guide of just not posting shit for the sake of it without thinking about it. Yeah, um, you, you have to learn to use it. I love that you said that don't post it if you wouldn't put $500 behind it. So when I was in pharmaceuticals, we would pay like $260,000 or whatever it was for one page ad in the newspaper. Mm. And the copywriters would spend like six weeks with it, you yeah. know, and the value of a headline, like four times as many, people read their headline before they read the body copy. And mm. if you don't nail the headline, you've lost your messaging. And 
if you can get really good at using chat GPT with, with specific, descriptive, long questions, it can generate epic answers. It's an absolute beast. But if you're still learning, just be mindful because it uses words like, you know, instead of like celebrating a big win, it'll say celebrate victory. And it's like. It's right. You, you can tell it writes funny. Well, if oh, you don't yeah. speak like that, don't don't post it, number one, because it's going to look like you. it's not for you. And number mm. two, I have a few clients who have used it and they've been posting and it does look and sound like they're reading, but I've also just been like, good job for trying, for throwing it out, but keep, keep moving. And they get better at using it so fast and they get more confident in front of the camera just as quickly. And now, you know, four weeks later, their content's evolved just as fast as ChatGPT is learning, which is crazy. We have another episode for another day on that. That is absolutely bonkers. And I really want to chat to you about Instagram because um, yeah. you got quite a few followers on Instagram, hey? Yeah, well, it. I mean, it's all relative, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. like I um, I think that's when, when we kind of first started chatting, chatting um, when we when we met over in Bondi. But um, look, I guess with Instagram right now, um, you know, a lot of the like fitness industry as a whole really love Instagram because you don't have to put you know, money behind your, you know, paid ads and things like that and get good growth, really good, you know, clients from it. They absolutely love it. I guess what type of strategies, you know, do you see working right now um, on Instagram? I do feel that it has changed. I wouldn't say recently, but over the last five years, let's just say five years ago, photo shoots were a big thing, beautiful shots, edits, bright bikinis, photo shoot trends, whatever. Obviously, video content is king. Um, I'm noticing super fast and short transitions. Our human attention span is actually breaking my heart, to be honest. Like, it's like less than two seconds of frame on a on an edit of a video, I would say. But also, I feel like Instagram is starting to follow TikTok in the sense that TikTok, if you look at the people who blew up on TikTok, they were like everyday people, your next door neighbors super real, raw, relatable, funny. Um, Instagram's become a lot more like that. So I'm noticing more and more coaches trying to insert their sense of humor, which I love. Um, But I feel that it's definitely not like hard to grow on Instagram. I've been meeting with people recently who've gone up 30,000 followers in, in the last few months. It's still there. The opportunity is still there. But I feel people want to see humans are tired of feeling sick and tired. You know, Hollywood glamorized humans, magazine covers, glossy magazine covers and edits. We had normal society and then somewhere way up there we had celebrities and and now we have influencers and yep. influencers are just like you and me and we don't even have to go to the movies to watch new releases anymore with Netflix and and even on Netflix with dual screening people are just wanting to watch updates of what's happening in people's lives so I think more real and raw content more behind the scenes please don't post a really beautiful get ready with me because nobody wants to see that but yeah yeah, just um being super organic and authentic and I know that's kind of shit advice because it's like how do I be authentic but come back to your brand values, the things that make you you that you've been hiding from people, your little quirks and your humor, that's what needs to come out because that's what people want to see. Yeah, 100%. Um, so when you're so you're focusing a lot on like video content, so the questions that guys ask is like, you know, on Instagram you can do posts and focus on stories and lives and IGTV. Mm-hmm. There's so many different, you know, ways you could do it is 
do you kind of get people to follow mainly like reels trends or is it like, you know, post what you're going to do really consistently? What are your kind of thoughts around what they should, what they should focus on? I feel like I don't want my business owners, fitness coaches and entrepreneurs to be stressed to the point that they do nothing. So I'm really big on like trying to make people see and believe that you are your productive asset. You are your content. If you're the face of your business, everything is content. So your morning meals, your training sessions, your client check-ins, it's all content. So if it's going to slow you down and you have to overthink it, don't do it. But obviously you Mm. want to learn to grow to be better. So and when I say don't do it, I mean do what works for you. So do do it. But I last I'd sort of read from Instagram, they do still like photos and swipe carousels and obviously reels. So I would aim for a 50-50 video to reel split and I would aim for six to nine posts a week. Um, I would definitely be putting everything on TikTok and YouTube shorts and Facebook reels as well until you sort of find your feet if you do want to diversify. Just cross, just cross posting, not re-editing and stuff, just banging it. Yeah, across. like this 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 advice goes against obviously creating native content. But if you're busy and run off your feet and you're trying to get new eyes on brand, test it. I've got a client of mine, he's had 300 followers for so long. And in the last month, he's now got a thousand followers on TikTok and he's getting leads off TikTok. And so he's now going more in on TikTok, but it's just about being present. You know, everyone's obsessed with huge numbers, but if you had 50 online clients paying you or 50 clients paying you a hundred bucks a week, that's 5,000 bucks a week. So 50 people all of a sudden, yeah, 50 people is not that hard to find. It's freedom. Exactly. So I think um, my my advice is if you're struggling with it, it's usually coming from somewhere in here. Like you've got a a fear of sharing and that could come from your own self-belief and feeling like nobody cares or fear of being judged. Like I've had clients show me their camera roll and they've literally got like 100 of the same photo and I'm just kind of like, oh, but but no one cares. If no one cares, they don't see it. Literally people, no one is going to stop and read something they don't care about. It's just not how the algorithm works. So I would just be super consistent with trying to get yourself out there and keep throwing at the wall to see what sticks. And I love um, how you say, like, so Gary V say, like, document, don't create. Is that Gary V? I don't yeah, know, so but yes. Someone exactly. said it. And, yeah. um, but I used to like, what's your Instagram handle now? Because your stories um, are really cool. I remember I used to watch them and I kind of knew everything you did in the day. Do you yeah. still do the walking ones and stuff? I haven't been oh, going for as many walks lately, but I would do like a sport <laughs> and walk, you know? So yeah, Jenna Ann Davies on Instagram and, you know, sometimes people are like, God, you post a lot of stories. And for me personally, stories have always been where it's at. Like my story views are pretty consistent, definitely share a day in the life of every single day. And I think like, it, yeah. So- I used to love it because I used to like, because when I was texting, I'm like, I don't even need to message Jen. I know if she, everything she's doing right That's now. what people say. It was, like, it was crazy. It was so good. <laughs> I would meet people and I would say something to them like, I know. And I'm like, oh, well, of, of course you do. <laughs> I've told the and- world. But I think stories are a really great way and often underutilized because it's an opportunity for you to have one-on-one time with your viewer. Mm. Obviously there's reels and things like that too, where somebody's viewing their phone, but if you're talking to the camera and it's on a story, you sort of have direct eyes on brand and 
if you're captivating and and sharing enough of your life so that you're not always pitching or selling or trying to look great for a feed post. I have this theory that if somebody loves it, it goes on the feed. And if it's they don't love it, it goes on story. But I'm kind of like, why save the best for the feed? Because yeah, there's some things that I won't share, but there's also some things that I think are so funny <laughs> the world needs to know about. And so I mm. really sort of I started the whole story thing because I was living alone on comp prep and I just needed someone to talk to, to be honest. And Felt like, I don't know, I honestly don't know how, where I was going with it, but that's really where I attribute my well, growth to. I, I just love people who are raw and real on social media personally. And, like, I remember, and this is mainly with Jess, is um, a lot of influencers I love. It's nothing against it, but I'd have XYZ without Facetune and stuff. Do you remember that? And yeah. It's like, just fucking post it, man. Like, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, I think people who can just be like really transparent, it goes a long way um, in yeah. marketing and branding. Um, but I want to ask, so, because you're really good at documenting day, guys, go check out Jenna's IG. Now, it's obviously a big part of your marketing and like it works really well. How did you, and this is more a question for me, how did you get into those habits? Because I always go to like do stories and stuff. I probably should be storing this and I just forget. So yeah. how can you kind of, you know, get in the habit because you are ultra consistent is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know what? I already was in the habit and so are you. I guarantee it. Like I would wake up at 5 a.m. I'd make my oxy shred every single day. I'd go to the gym every single day at the same time. I'd go for my little walk afterwards. I'd start work. And I was literally like alone with my thoughts. And I think a lot mm. and I just, I'm very grateful for whatever it is that made me me where I didn't have this feeling that I needed to censor everything I was doing. Like this is going to sound, I don't want to sound um, arrogant, but I genuinely just never gave a fuck about what anyone thought. Like I started. It, it helps sharing. in marketing. It well, helps. Yeah, like, like- I think personally mm-hmm. I needed accountability. And when I was prepping, I felt like sharing the journey I also had a lot of friends who at the time were not at all into fitness. My closest group of friends were my school friends and they thought I was crazy. Like I would microwave eggs and they'd be like, yuck. Or I would eat, mm. you know, um, they thought my food was disgusting and I liked it. And they and I was kind of just trying to show people what I was doing. But then also for me, it was like a little way of keeping accountable so that Uh, It also, you start building momentum. It's like a snowball effect and people cared, you know, and like I also, um, I guess in lockdown and COVID, it's such a isolating time. And Mm. and when you have a goal, I think it is quite isolating. So it can be isolating if you don't, if it's not a common shared goal. So for me, I realized I already do this every day um, and I just wanted to help people realized that they could too like I had a job when I was prepping and I had a side hustle so I had two business like a job and a business and I was managing my personal life and everyone was kind of like how why what are you doing and I just thought well you can all do this too like it's not hard to do what I do and I just wanted to show people that really yeah and I think you do it like really really well I must admit I'm not on Instagram anymore because the team's on there yeah. I mean, you're actually one of the accounts I mean, so it was pretty much like you and Jess were like, and like a few celebrity stuff are the only people I kind of looked at. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, now, 
with the with the guys you work with with Instagram, I'm sure you've seen some good stuff. I'm sure you've seen some stuff that like probably keeps you up at night in sweats that fitness business mm. owners are doing some dumb shit on on IG. Yeah. What are some mistakes people make? Um, and then we'll go into how can they avoid doing dumb shit because we don't want people on the podcast being idiots. So yeah, let's let's give them some stuff they can they can take to the bank. Okay. God, my brain is. Oof. Uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. No, it's blowing <laughs> up. I got, a, I got a lot to say. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think where I start. I'm just going to go too with much. Ca- the industry's fucked. First. I know. No, the, this is like a general copywriting, advertising, marketing tip. You got to lead with a hook. So I see people say like, here's how you get more range when you do a front foot elevator split. Nobody cares except for coaches, right? Like, you have to speak their language. Remember, who are you here for and, and who are they? Use their language. So, for example, I would say get better results with your t- with your precious time that you spend in the gym. Make sure you're lunging properly or front foot elevates, split squatting properly, whatever. So yeah. I think key tip is lead with a benefit or a hook. Always throw in an emotive word, you know. Don't – the first three seconds of your video is so important and if you watch them and just go boring, like if you're not at the point, chop it off. So that's sort of like first tip. Um, I personally feel like – and this is also personality-wise, I'm I'm very like relaxed and laid back and chilled, but I'm not loving all of the polished get ready with me videos that I'm seeing, even in the beautiful aesthetically interior-designed homes and I just I don't know I just feel like it's like you're making it look hard like I mm. get up at 4 45 or 5 a.m and I'm like out the door until I'm caffeinated on the way to the gym and I'm sweet and ready to go but don't make it look hard because yep. that's not how you win clients over and um I guess the other thing is really if it's the you show like obviously it's your profile so it's going to be yep. the you show but if you sell coaching to people and you don't have a huge account to generate to have a second audience yet in a business account or profile, then you need to put more relevant and relatable content out there, especially if you look like you're in good shape and you probably do compared to your audience that you're trying to target, right? So yeah. make sure that you're you're realistic and you've got clients on there and you're showing people proof of concept. So if you're selling something, Prove it by having yep. interviews, podcasts, reviews, testimonials, um, you know, feedback or sessions with your clients. I think that's really important as well. So, and then obviously using chat GPT and sounding like you're reading off a textbook. Yeah. I think chat GPT is dangerous. Like it is dangerous. It's a whole other conversation. But well, it- like, well, this is the thing. We'll talk about chat GPT. If you have no idea how to write fucking copy, yeah, and what you want your copy to feel like, and what you want Jenna to think of you when you read your post, you have no idea how much ChatGPT can fuck up your content. Yeah, because they haven't thought about it. So people are just writing like, write me a post about you know how to lose three kilos in six weeks, and they just bang it up on socials. I see it on motherfuckers' accounts all the time, and it's disgusting. Yeah, but then there's there's no personality in there. There's no thought process. It's just gross. Yeah, you know, like so- it can't. It will learn for sure over yeah. a short period of time, no doubt. But like the human language is really hard. To, the English language is really hard to understand or fully learn, I should say, because we can read between the lines, shades of gray. What does that even mean? You know, what? like mm. we can say things without saying them. We can impl- imply and and infer. And I think that 
that is a huge way that you can portray your branding. Like, just do it. Just do what? But we get it, you know? And I think that ChatGPT loses. A, it's so great when, with creating content and copy, especially with reference mm. to anything scientific, which is obviously this industry's bread and butter. But as a human, you got to remember, if everyone can do it, why do I want it? So I do see it devaluing the content market, which is why I feel video and personality and branding is going to become even more important. But um, yeah, if you're going to use it, use it like an assistant, would you hire an assistant that you didn't know and then leave her your business or him your business for a week? Mm. No. So don't do this. Mm. Don't have that same negligence with the content that you're posting. Yeah, I think one of the amazing things about ChatGPT is anyone can use it. One of the downsides of ChatGPT is anyone can fucking use it. It's like a car. You need to get yeah. your license in Australia before you can drive. Actually, I drove. Did you drive before you had a license? I grew up in the country, so Ooh. I was cruising around when I was like nine and shit. Dude, Anyways, don't, don't do that. And that wasn't <laughs> on the roads. It was in paddocks. But yeah. people need to get their chat GPT license. And one of the, the key things for license is just understanding basic copywriting principles and then what you want your content to look and feel like, which I guess is like branding, right? Exactly. It's human behavior principles. We really cover this in the fitness business strategy. There's a whole like module on copywriting and we share formulas that you can use. So you can actually ask chat GPT to use some of these formulas and it'll help with spitting out a better answer. But I just want to remind everyone, like there's a lot of fear mongering around chat GPT. It's only read 20% of the internet. But the internet comes from published books. Like before we had all of this knowledge at our fingertips, we had books and libraries and degrees and it's always been available. It's just now more easily accessible, right? So yeah. if you have a willingness to learn, whether it's today or 20 years ago, obviously it's easier now. But my point is it's just becoming more and more accessible. So if you want to cut corners it's going to come through. And if you're a shit coach and you're not invested in really building that community and building your network and d delivering results, it's, you're going to get found out even quicker. But I just want to sort of remind people that, yes, it's made it easier, but it's also making your life easier, essentially, if you just take the time to know how to use it. And this is a simple case of get with the times. Like, I'm sure you're all kicking yourself that you didn't get on TikTok in 2008 when we were all hearing about it or whenever it was, 2000. Yeah. Know, I remember when I first learned it, I like, yeah, when it first started. Um, yeah. And, it's, and I want to revert back because I, I didn't ask a question I want to ask. So you mentioned so six to nine posts a week on the Instagram feed. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what yeah. I would aim and, for. I would and, definitely aim for that. And do you have any recommendations in the amount of stories daily or what are your what would be your advice for the guys on their story content? I would remember that as the term implies, story, beginning, middle, and end. It's not called announcement. Don't jump <laughs> on there, don't jump on there once and say what you think people need to or want to hear. Tell a story. Literally, I've never said that before and I'm listening to myself back. That's like the best people. way to say it. Yeah, like wake yeah. up and share something. Then give us an update of how it's going. And the best stories tie back around, right? So like I lock myself out or lose my car quite a bit. So now I do that often. <laughs> part of my story. But like if you want to, if you share something, bring people on a journey with you, right? So keep them updated. 
even if they don't like you or follow you, sometimes it's just, sorry, like you or care. Sometimes Mm. it's just about that synergy or the consistency of, oh, I wonder what that, like what they're doing now, you know, or how that's going. So if you're working on something, you know, if I won my pro card in 12 weeks and I got up and I was like, here it is, the, the impact dies in a very short amount of time. I might have 24 Mm. hours to maximize that. But if I share my prep for 12 weeks, I've got, you know, 24 hours a day for seven days a week over 12 weeks, I have the opportunity to bring you along with me. Your impact is so much greater. And not Mm. only that, but the story is always more relatable than the outcome, right? Like you look at the Olympics or Olympians or peak athletes and people think, wow, I could never do that. You lose them. That's your potential audience. You don't mm. you don't want people saying that about you. You want them going, if she can do it, I can do it, and I'm going to let her be the one to guide me. Yeah. I love it. It'd be good content as well. I think um, I, I followed, I think, um, do you know you, you know Robbie Frame? Yeah, yeah. He was on my birthday. I think when I first met fucking Robbie on socials like four or five years ago, he was doing his comp prep, and that's like he's pretty good on his stories. Um, yeah. He cranks them. And yeah. So you, so you mentioned a little bit before about community on social media and like building a community. Um, why is that kind of important um, for, for fitness business owners to, you know, focus on the followers they have, you know, whatever platforms um, and actually, you know, um, looking after them and building a cool community off social media? Mm, I'm super passionate about the community. Um, every client that we work with, we put in a lot of time into making sure that they're building a I can, community. can see the way you've spoken about your social media as well, that you really, you know, care about the people that follow you and yeah. message you and that you're actually creating stories and, you know. Exactly. So like what you sell as a coach is largely indifferent, right? If you use an app like Trainerize or True Coach or whatever, you just got a me too product of everyone else. And nobody knows how much you know until they know how much you care. So you can tell me that you're the smartest, greatest coach in the entire world that's done every mentoring program available and you've got the best program. But why, like, who cares? Nobody Mm. knows until they bought from you. So community is important for so many benefits. And my point with where I'm going with this is what you sell is largely indifferent, but in order to be remembered to have retention or to be referred and to grow organically, you need to really make people feel. And how they make how you make people feel will determine a lot of your business growth. So with health and fitness especially, I believe that it can be quite isolating for the general population to embark on a health and wellness journey. And then they start to elevate from their friends. And this happened to me personally. Like my friends would tease me for trying to count my calories or they're like, why do you want to lift so heavy? And it becomes isolating and then you get put back in your box by Mm. society. So then you don't get really great results because you stop or you give up. So if you want to get epic results, this is the point. If you want to get epic results with your clients, which you need to blow up social media with proof that what you sell works to buy an audience over to you, then you need adherence. So There's all these marketing strategies and tactics, but I can't stress enough how important it is that you get results. And humans Mm. have like three core needs and belonging is one of them. And when your goal isolates you, and it happens to everyone, like I, if I have a goal 
to buy a house and I need to start saving. I've got to say no to my friends if they want to go to the bougiest restaurant on the weekend or <laughs> ask them to come and eat with me at home or whatever it is. And to some degree or another, our goals and our values is what makes us all different. And mm. life and society puts us in pockets, socioeconomic, demographic, school, whatever. And it's such an empowering feeling for a human. Everybody just wants to be loved and feel like they belong in the world. So community, one, will drive adherence. And two, it can alleviate costs. It can alleviate the amount of time that you spend servicing your customer service inbox. It can help. They can support each other. If they have a question, they can answer each other before you get to it if you're in sessions all day. They can be your greatest source of marketing. 82% Mm. of customers trust referrals over um, brand advertising. It's free yep. money if they if you if every client bought a friend you double your business overnight. There's so I love businesses. a referral. It gets me all fired up because I'm like I made that person happy. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. the new person coming on. It's like whatever. I but would it's like I looked after someone. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's a good and feeling. Also, also like they can tell you that you've done a good job, but when they refer, you genuinely believe it. And mm. I would focus a large portion of my efforts if I was like a coach really trying to get ahead to just making sure I'm getting epic results and making sure that my clients are happy and, and getting results. That's my big fucking bugbear. So in sometimes in the, in the inner circle, we have people join. It's like our like little core program. And they're like, I want to help people online. Like, how do I write a program? And I'm like, the fitness industry is fucked up when people say that. So they like come in, they want to get more leads. I'm like, you don't even know how to write like a three-day split. Like what the fuck? I've worked with people who- It's crazy. There's people who aren't even qualified selling. Mm. And I just, it's it's the most unregulated industry. And I don't know when that's going to change or if it is, but in our world- I don't know, but- Like I sold a booty guide. I was a qualified Mm. trainer and people ate it up. (laughs) No, Mm. people bought the guide. But like, I mean, really- I could have done really well selling training programs when my Instagram was peaking off comp prep and I never really coached. I had coached person actually, but like, and compared to mm. the other dudes in the gym who'd been working for five years and all of a sudden I made 30 grand in a week off a booty guide, they were like, it's not fair. And mm. I mean, life's not fair. So like, yeah, make sure. But you that- worked hard, but like a lot of people go, a lot of, I was writing before and you're adding some notes. So people buy coaches, not coaching. Um, and that's where a lot of people will complain about, you know, Instagrammers and, and whatever, right? It's like good on them. They're making a bit of money. But that's because people buy the coaches. Like it's like the booty program, people whatever it people. is. It's because they aspire, you know, to yes. be like that from the content. And, um, man, we're going to – we only got five minutes. I'm sad. Oh, going to make this like four. Maybe you can do four hours or just talk <laughs> shit. We'll just hang out. I, <laughs> we'll oh. see. I, I'll see if I'm lucky enough to get you back on. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Now – now you mentioned, so I'm going to refer you guys to Jenna. I reckon like definitely from everything I've learned at some stage, you should do some work with this. Isn't I got one last question, but with your program, do you want to talk about that for like 20, 30 seconds, like how that kind of works? The, fit, the um, fitness business strategy program that's sold on Carol performance. And that is a do it yourself, like yep. a 10 module course where you learn and I teach you through modules. It's all passive. Big appetite, we really drive for you. So you hand chuck us the keys, we'll do it for you. We'll, we work together one-on-one. You can work directly with me or with Jade. And we really unpack your vision, your branding, and then we go away, design, develop, and build all your automated touch points and then teach you how to market. It's a much more, it's a bigger commitment. It's a 12-week program minimum. 
Um, yeah. Really, yeah. So the fitness business strategy is great to dip your toe in if you're just getting started. And if you're really busy because you've got online and face-to-face that you're juggling, you're ready to sort of hand it over, we're your team. Yeah. And let's finish off with a bang. Okay. A lot of fitness business owners will listen to this. What do you, what do you, what like kind of like, what are your top tips for growth and success in the fitness industry that you'd like to, to pass on for him to get him all fucking fired up to dominate this week? All right. This one might surprise you, but my top tip, top tip for growth is be a better learner. Learn your Ooh. learning style. If you aren't reading or listening to podcasts, if you struggle to retain information, you need to learn how you learn so that you can learn better because you've got to elevate your brain. We are, what got you here won't get you there. So audiobooks, podcasts, online courses, mentors, you've got to invest in it, but you've got to find what works for you so that you can also, you can retain information faster, you can learn faster, you can learn more. So you really need to elevate your, your skill set. So number one is learn. Number two is your customers. Be obsessed. Be so obsessed with them. Listen to them. Your, your worst, most annoying clients are your greatest source of learning. The ones who are super happy with you will come back to them, but look for ways you can be better. Frequently ask questions. What else do they wish they had or knew earlier? So learn and your clients. And the third tip for PTs in business is just don't give up. It's not a saturated mm. market. There's more There's enough, enough people going around in the world yeah, who need to get fit and healthier. Exactly. There's more suppliers than ever before, but there's more consumers than ever before too. Everybody has a fucking mm. phone these days. So just don't give up. It, there's so many, so much money to be made, so much opportunity, so many people to help and then help again when they fail their reverse diet or whatever. Like it's a, it's a never-ending world of opportunity and I just think this market is changing the world. Yeah, I say to guys like, we have the like fitness business owners have the most enjo- important job in the world. Cause I don't see the wo- world sadly getting healthier and fitter. No, Do you know exactly. what I mean? It's like, and, and your health and yeah. fitness determines your confidence and your self-belief and then how you choose to live your life. Like if your client got healthy, changed their job, met a woman in a bar, got married and had a family or just because he finally lost the weight that he was carrying around in an office cubicle, too shy to say hi, like you're changing people's lives. Act accordingly, guys. Go market your business and fucking dominate. Let's catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I had so much fun having you on. Um, hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see you sometime again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me.